Hey there, Preppy Mama! Happy Thursday! Welcome to episode 32 of the New Mom Boss podcast. I can't believe we are in December and we're about to leave 2020 behind, right where it belongs. Super excited about this. But that is a topic for another episode. In fact, the rest of my solo episodes this month is going to be all about wrapping 2020 up and looking forward to a way better 2021. So I'm excited about these next few weeks episodes on Mondays. But for today, I have a great guest, Jocelyn Wood. She also goes by JWO, and she's a bilingual speech-language pathologist with over a decade of experience. I wanted to bring someone in who specializes in speech and how we can support our little ones in developing language. Jocelyn specializes in finding simple and effective ways to boost children's speech and language skills using everyday routines. Her work has been featured in The Bump and First Time Parent Magazine. She gives a lot of tips in our chat and I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get started, I wanted to say, if you haven't left a review for the New Mom Boss podcast yet, can I ask you a favor to take a few minutes to go onto Apple Podcast or wherever you are listening to this to leave a rating and review? The more ratings and reviews a show has, the more searchable it becomes. And I really want other mamas just like you to be able to find this show. So if you've already left one, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And if you're about to leave one, thank you in advance. All right, let's get the show started. Hi, I'm Calista Anderson, a new mom coach and educator. I help new moms just like you during pregnancy and beyond to figure out what to do next and how to do it so that you feel prepared, equipped with the proper knowledge, and ready for your precious baby, allowing you to enjoy the wonderful runway into mommyhood. If you're navigating through pregnancy with a million things on your mind that you know you have to get done or learn about, then this is the podcast for you. I have been where you are and I totally get it. I'm a mom of three and my first two babies were back to back, only 13 months apart. Those first couple of years were a pretty challenging time, but it made me a fast new mom master, and it gave me a newfound passion for mamas-to-be and their babies. It was during this intense learning curve of the new mom life, I had a light bulb moment and said, wow, isn't it interesting that we women prepare way more for our weddings like a year in advance, and put so much energy into every last detail, yet we don't do the same thing for becoming a new mom. I was inspired to combine my experience along with my professional background as a registered nurse and a certified lactation counselor to help women get ready for their babies like they were getting ready for their weddings, to make them feel like a boss when that sweet baby arrived. So I created my business new mom boss and started this show the new mom boss podcast to help prepare women for the most important job of their lives becoming a mom 
I am so glad you are here and want to thank you in advance for taking the time to learn for your baby. We moms are changing the world one baby at a time, and I can hardly wait to get started. So let's go. All right, let's welcome Jocelyn Wood to the show today. Thanks for coming on today, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I am a speech pathologist in Brooklyn, New York, and I have been in practice for a little over 10 years. I work primarily with infants and toddlers with speech language and feeding disorders, and I really love what I do. I can tell. So most of the listeners are pregnant moms, and I wanted to give them some information, like a snapshot of what is to come, you know, when the speech and language development part of their baby's life. And one of the first things they may come across as a new mom and a new baby breastfeeding is a tongue tie or a lip tie. Can you tell us what that is and how that can affect breastfeeding? Sure. First, I just want to say how amazing it is that you're already tuning in and looking for this information even before you have a baby. It's so important to be well-informed to make the best choices for your baby. So as far as tongue and lip ties go, there is a lot of controversy out there about whether they exist or don't exist and what you can do as a parent about them. So usually what will happen is after your baby comes home from the hospital, you may experience some difficulty with latching when you're breastfeeding. And many people won't know immediately to turn to a speech pathologist, but what you want to do is to look for somebody who is specifically trained in looking for tongue and lip ties and who can give you some feedback, some corrections on exercises that you can do or positioning that you can do. And then the other option, obviously, is to do a surgical intervention to release the tongue and the lip tie. And that's why it's so important to really turn towards somebody who has specific training in that area. Obviously, a mom would have to get that diagnosis or get that confirmed if the baby has a lip tie or a tongue tie. But what are some things that you can do that's non-surgical? Sure. So I really love working with parents who have noticed that there's a tongue and lip tie. I show specific exercises that the family can do that would make it more comfortable to breastfeed. So we do different exercises to provide more mobility for the lip so that the lip has more movement and is better able to latch onto the nipple. We also do some tongue lateralization exercises and tongue curling exercises using things that you have around the house like infant toothbrushes to really help to get that suction that babies need to successfully breastfeed. Good to know. So does a baby with a tongue or a lip tie necessarily have to get it clipped? Or is this route better or safer? Or is it just a case by case kind of thing? So yeah, they're definitely, it depends on the severity. So for really severe tongue ties, you are not going to be able to get any of that mobility with just traditional exercises, but the combination of exercises and surgery are going to give you a more successful outcome. For somebody who has a more mild tie, or perhaps they 
only have a little bit of a restriction, you may be able to get away with only doing exercises and never having to go the surgical route. It also really depends how much it's interfering with breastfeeding. That's really good to know. Now, one of the things you help moms with is to start speech routines from birth, from the beginning. Now, we don't really think about developing speech at such an early age, but there are ways to start that, right? Absolutely. And I suggest the earlier, the better. So even now, as you're listening, if you're pregnant and you're about to have a baby, it's still the best time for you to be introducing speech and language routines. And that can be routines of reading to your child or singing to your child when they're in utero. And then when they're born, really you know, using all of those really bright and cheerful neurons and latching on to those, getting your baby to really start learning by developing some fun language play activities, finger plays, and getting them to start to recognize the world around them and connect that world with actual speech and language. So what are some routines for diapering or bath time, mealtime, something they can do every day right off the bat? Yeah, so diapering, mealtime, bath time, that stuff happens every day. So that's going to be the easiest way for you to incorporate speech and language without feeling overwhelmed, because I think it's overwhelming enough to try to just keep a baby alive. So you're going to start to do some activities during diapering to really get your baby's eye contact. That's a great time for you guys to be working on developing that connection and that bond. And while you have that bond, starting to use some gestures or some finger plays. So I introduce lots of songs that have finger plays involved with them. I might do a round, round, round and move my hands around in a circle. And as my baby gets older, they're going to start to learn that routine and imitate it. And that's going to be something that's going to keep their hands occupied during diapering. But they'll already know the routine. It's something that they've learned to engage with. And eventually they'll start to add some words to that. Right. So we can start doing that from birth, doing, you know, our normal routines with the baby. How about at around age six months? I know that's kind of like a, a milestone at six months where they're not a newborn anymore. They're an older infant. What are some things moms can do at that age? Sure. So six month old babies are really incredible because at that point, their eyesight is pretty much perfectly developed and they're able to really see what's happening around them. That's when you can start transitioning from those black and white photos to some real life pictures and start to make the connection between that black and white image of an apple to what an actual apple looks like. You're also introducing solid foods to them. So it's a great time to really start using language at mealtime to start requesting and building in that language that is going to accompany them through the rest of the day. So I always like to focus on sound play using words that have a P sound or a B sound or an M sound that a baby can really see on my lips and connect that with other items that are in the environment. So that way they're seeing it, they're hearing it, that's going to be really encouraging for a six-month-old baby to start to try to imitate those sounds. Does the introduction of solids have something to do with speech since they're starting to chew and use their mouth and their lips a little bit more? 
I was just curious that just popped in my head. So babies start to explore their mouth using their hands. But when you're introducing food, it's going to add that really realistic element to them. And it's a way for them to start moving their tongue around their mouth, moving their tongue in different directions, which is going to really help them to develop additional sound play. So bringing solids into the picture is so helpful for that sound play. Yeah, because I noticed that's when they start to babble a lot more too. So that's, that is kind of a funny or not funny. It's just part of the development that's all coincidental in timing with the speech, the eating, and, you know, just being more mobile. Yeah, it's really such an amazing time. I always think like six months old, that's when the light really turns on and you you're getting the feedback from your child. You know that everything that you've been doing up to this point has really been working and it starts to come together and they're so much more reactive to what you are doing as a parent. Right. I totally agree. That's maybe one way a mom can see they're doing something right, right? When the baby (laughs) starts to give them feedback. What are some other signs that you know as a mom that you're doing it right as far as developing your baby's speech and language? Yeah, so I think it's really tricky in those first few months because your baby might not be giving you feedback of what you're doing right. You might get a smile here or there, but that might be inconsistent. So I think that it's really important as moms to know you are doing it right. Just keep going with it and eventually you will get that feedback from your child that we were just talking about. Some other things that you're going to start to look for is that your baby is making eye contact with you, that they're beginning to look for your voice. You want those signs of bonding to start happening at these early ages because that's how your child is going to look for you for support. Right. When should a mom start to worry? When should they just stay calm and know that the speech and the language is coming or maybe they're starting to feel like it's taking too long? When should they worry? Right. So I always encourage parents to be very aware of developmental milestones. I know that it's a little bit tricky to look at them and to interpret them, but if you have a general sense of what your baby is supposed to be doing, I think that it does a lot for you to get you to not worry so much. But some things that I look for in babies when I would be concerned is that a baby is not smiling or does not have that eye contact that we were just talking about. And also, if you reach six months and you notice that your baby is really quiet and not making a lot of sounds or attempts to babble, that would be another reason to be concerned and to speak to your pediatrician or a speech pathologist. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you too. Is So you work with moms and babies, right? So how do they get to you? Do they see uh, their pediatrician first or do they go straight to a speech therapist like you? So it can go either way. I would say the majority of parents do speak to their doctors at the doctor's visits. Sometimes pediatricians are very cued into developmental milestones, and other times they're only looking at the health and wellness of your child and not necessarily looking at development. And so in those cases, I do have parents who go in the Google rabbit hole and they will come across me and we are able to work from there. 
And how old are the babies that you usually work with? I have started with babies as young as six weeks old. I would say for parents, when they begin to get concerned, is around 10 months old, but the majority of parents are contacting me between 15 and 18 months of age. I see. And what does an SLP do with babies? We play a lot. So I try to make therapy as play-based and functional as possible. I have my bag of toys in COVID days, not so much. I have the parents pull out their favorite toys for the child and we get down on the ground and play. And speech therapy with infants and toddlers includes a lot of parent coaching. So a session might include me doing something with the baby, showing that routine to the parent and then allowing the parent to go through with that same routine so that I can provide feedback and guidance and give some pointers on how to incorporate it into everyday life. I see. Are you still seeing moms and babies during this time, like via Zoom or video meetings? Yeah, I have been doing a lot more video meetings. It's been really interesting for me to get into that flow. I feel like now I've got it. And just last week, I went back to doing in-person visits in New York. That's great. I bet you missed that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to be back in person because you can accomplish a lot over the computer, but it's really nice to be able to be in person with families to help to guide them. Right. And babies probably don't know what this, you know, the screen is with a person moving in the, <laughs> in the screen, right. probably not as It's not like in person. I know you have this free five-day series that you offer. What is that about? Sure. So as I said, I think one of the most important things for parents to know is developmental milestones and what they mean. So what I've done is I've developed a five-day free mini-series, and we go through how a parent can understand developmental milestones and then how you can apply that to your everyday speech and language routine. So each day we will go into a different technique that you can use as a parent so that you leave the series feeling really confident as a parent and really knowing what exactly to do in your own routines to develop your child's speech and language. So this is just for healthy development, normal development, not to troubleshoot any problems, correct? Right. So this is for typical development. This would be the first step to give you the tips and the tools that you need. Great. Well, we're going to put that in the show notes for moms to take and use for their babies. I wanted to just talk about your background a little bit more. As you know, I'm a nurse and in the hospital, we do have speech and language pathologists or speech therapists. I know that they have an extensive background in education. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you become a therapist and where you're coming from? Sure. Becoming a speech language pathologist is a very long journey. I began as a linguistics major and I just decided that working on a computer was not for me. I needed real life interaction. So when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I had to apply for a master's level program, which is very competitive. And the master's degree program is three years. 
following the three years, you do another year of a clinical fellowship where you work under another speech language pathologist to really hone your skills as a clinician. So it takes a long time to learn everything that you need to know as a speech language pathologist, because we do cover the entire lifespan from birth through geriatrics. Yeah, I've heard it's a really long road. (laughs) (laughs) A very long road and a very rigorous one. And you are also a bilingual speech language pathologist. What is your other language? I learned to speak Spanish and I actually lived in Madrid for a year. So I use Spanish a lot in my practice here in Brooklyn. That's great. You just started your own business. I know you've been in the field a long time, but just as a solo practitioner. So I have been in my solo practice in person for 11 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I only just recently started online. That was like a COVID thing, a COVID necessity. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I know a lot of people had to do that. Well, you're doing great. Thank you. I love your podcast. It's such a great resource for parents because like you said, you don't know when to worry. You don't know like how to worry or what to worry about. Right. Yeah, I feel like pregnant women need more support for like the postpartum period, not the nursery and the baby shower, (laughs) which I love those things too, but. Well, thank you so much, Jocelyn. Where can people find you? Sure. So I am on Instagram. I'm very active there and I have lots of resources for parents. It's at speechwithjwo. And I also have a website, jocelynmwood.com. I have weekly blog posts and all of the links to any articles that I have written for other publications. Yes, I highly recommend you follow her on Instagram. She has really great infographics that are just, you know, you look at it for five seconds and you just learn something new. It's really great. Thank you. (laughs) And we'll link all of those in the show notes in case you didn't catch it. So her IG, her website, and also the free five-day series to help with your baby's development. And yeah, thank you so much again, Jocelyn. I really appreciate you coming and sharing your knowledge and expertise with us. We'll have you back sometime in the future. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. And there you have it, mamas. I hope you enjoyed that and you're able to put some of these routines or practices in place with your little ones. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you can get the details we talked about this episode and every episode by going to the show notes at newmomboss.com forward slash whatever the episode number is. And for today, that is newmomboss.com forward slash 32. All right, until next time, take care.